Welcome everyone to the Transformation Nurse Academy podcast. This is our weekly episode, Talk with Kevin, where we cover topics for all nursing fields with extra emphasis on emergency and critical nursing. Get ready for candid discussions that explore the vast landscape of nursing and beyond. Good morning, everybody. Fuck you, bitches. Anyway, I'm sharing my screen here. We're going to talk to a gentleman named Aaron Washburn. This is his website. It's called Ascension Wellness. Empathy Prescription Master Emotional Regulation for Nurses. I fucking need that. Discover essential techniques to manage emotions effectively in your nursing career. So you can get your guide here. You can also go over here to his bio site. He's got a lot of different things. He's got uh, fitness nurses, Facebook group, resources for fitness, nutrition, your mindset, your emotions. I don't know if this is his podcast. I guess we'll find out and shit. Here he has another course here. I guess it's a full course here. This is Master Emotional Regulation for Nurses. And if you want to do a one-on-one call here, you know, take it out. That's all you got to do. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing good. It's cold out here in New Orleans. In my summer. Is that where you're at? I see that you're yeah. from California, but what are you doing in New Orleans? New Orleans, I've been here for about two years now. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. Just so you know, you'll see a uh, blooper. Jane, she's the one who does our podcast and edits and stuff. I was talking shit about you. I'm like, Aaron must be Filipino because he waited until right at 7 o'clock to join. And so I said, I was looking at the camera. I'm like, Aaron, well, when white people tell you 7, that really means 6.30. Yeah. <laughs> You're actually right, though. I am Filipino. Oh, see? Are you really? Yeah. Yeah, my wife's Filipino, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. I always, okay. Yeah, yeah, I always give her a hard time because if I want her to be somewhere on time, I got to tell her 30 minutes ahead of time. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's funny, man. I love That's it. That's good. All right, so... While I was recording, waiting for you, I did. I pulled up your website and stuff. I haven't downloaded myself, so I don't know what's in and stuff. So hopefully it's good and you won't make me get in trouble and shit. So no trouble, no trouble. <laughs> All right, that's good. All right, so so if you can, just start with a little brief who you are and where you're from, your background, what made you get into Ascension Wellness and how did you get attached to that? Yeah, so my name is Aaron Washburn. You guys are starting to find out and everything started with Ascension Wellness was about 10 years ago when my mom passed away. Oh, sorry to hear that one. Thank you, Kevin. And she was a nurse and she was working three hospitals as a nurse. So as I was growing up, I've always seen my mom come home very, very tired. I mean, especially working those three shifts. She would only come home, eat, and then sleep. She would try to watch a movie with us sometimes, but always fall asleep. So There were times when I really didn't see her or feel her actually there. And the only times I did was before she went to work when she was reading us a story to us as she was helping us go to bed. So every time she went to the hospital and came back, she just kept coming home stressed. She didn't really have a way to, I never seen her have a way to express that stress and help her actually relax for once. So over time, there was a day where I came home from school and my mom and dad called me to the back of the room and they actually told me that my mom was diagnosed with lung cancer. And this was in 2010, I believe. I was 17 years old. I didn't know in that moment what that meant, but I know what I felt. And what I felt was like my mom was going to pass away. So fast forward a year, I saw her go through the three stages of lung cancer. 
there's this one night before we knew what was going to happen where she gave each and every one of us a hug and we knew that was her last hug. Oh, and, shit. uh, yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, you know, it didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Her whole left side was numb too. Somehow she was able to raise her left arm, give us one strong hug. And then the next morning came along. It just, she wasn't there. It was just the oxygen tank keeping her alive. So my dad decided to pull the plug. And I didn't realize this up until three years ago where he asked me to pull the plug at 17 years old. Oh, so I ended that's, up that's pulling rough, the plug. I know, but that's, that's rough. rough. That weighed heavy on you? Yeah, it weighed heavy on me so much that I forgot I did it. Oh, until shit. three years ago. And, you felt guilty? Uh, very guilty. And there's a pattern feel, that... You still uh, feel guilty? Not as much anymore. Because once I found out that pattern and that memory came up, I was able to do this process that I'm going to share with you where... I no longer feel guilty anymore. So we ended up pulling the plug. I ended up seeing my mom take her last breath. And from that moment, eight years after I saw her take her last breath, after she passed, I was in this state of depression. And in that state of depression, I would work out to feel better. I would try to take long naps to feel better. I was just really depressed. And then there's one moment where I meditate for about an hour, not realizing the benefits that I would get. I meditated and I had the surge of energy go through my body. And I felt this self-love, like, I started crying and then I was high off of life for a whole week. And then all of a sudden, after that first week, I got, damn, I got hit with depression again. I was like, I was just living my life. Like this is the first time I'm actually able to experience life. What happened? So I tried to go back to the old ways of working out to feel better, taking long naps to feel better. I also had an addiction to feel better and it didn't work. And then I read this quote by Albert Einstein, I believe it was him. He said, cannot solve the same problem with the same level of thinking that created them. Right. So in that moment, I'm like, oh, man, all right, what should I do now? And then I heard this voice say, stay still. And I'm like, okay. I sat down, and I took a breath in, and all of a sudden, I had these floods of emotions come in my body. I'm like, oh, no, I don't really feel like feeling this right now. And then this flood of emotions had this trigger, and this trigger brought back this memory of seeing my mom pass away, taking her last breath again. This time, in my mind's eye, I saw my 17-year-old self see my mom pass away again. But I had this inclination to be the parent to that child that that child needed during that time. Right. So I walked up to that version of myself and I saw him crying and I looked into his eyes and I felt him. He felt sad, lost, confused. And I said, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. And it just came out of my mouth. I'm like, whoa. And then he smiled a little bit. I gave him a hug and I said, you're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to feel confused. You're allowed to feel like it's your fault and it's okay. And I just held space for that feeling. And I placed my hands on the shoulders looking at his eyes again. And now he started to feel seen, heard, loved, and more right. compassion. And then from that moment, it's like our bodies merged together. I gave my mom a kiss on her forehead, saw her take a last breath. And then from that moment, I was no longer depressed. And I was high That's off awesome, life again. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome, yeah. And then for three years, I went through these waves of emotions like, I thought I was done with this, but I realized those waves of emotions that were happening in my life were to help me understand what I did to overcome depression and what I did to regulate my emotions. So then I started learning about the mind, which is hypnosis. Then I started learning about the body, uh, which is body language translations. And I, I studied some psychology in, in the university I was at too. And once I figured out the mind and body connection, then I'm able to realize what I actually did from that memory with my mom. So the background I have is in the mind-body connection, understanding 
the subconscious and how we can hold on to memories. And I forget where I got this quote from, but this changed my life to where it, he said, it's not our past experiences that made us who we are today. It is how we recorded our past experiences that made us who we are today. I so, agree with that. yeah. So in that moment, I changed emotionally changed that recording with my mom and it transmuted the grief that I held on to for about eight years. And uh, from that moment, I realized, okay, so this is a process that I've been teaching nurses now where they start to feel heard, seen, and loved. And it's just reducing a lot of their stress and reducing a lot of burnout. And it's helping other patients feel seen, heard, and loved from the nurse just feeling love, you know? Right, so that's because I'll be able to use that same information to help the patients as well, too. Yeah, That answered my other question. I was going to ask you, how did you get involved with nursing? And now I know it's because your mom and yeah. stuff, so... Just so you know, I did a little video yesterday talking about harmony and peace and that don't be a money whore because a lot of nurses are money whores. We work, like you said, don't take the wrong way, but just like you said, your mom worked three or four jobs and stuff. We work three or four jobs. You know, I don't know if it's because we're obsessed with money or we need the money, but we're so focused on that. We don't focus on life. We don't focus on our kids. And I think that stress and the poor diet is what also leads to some of the health issues that we have as nurses, along with the burnout stuff. And Absolutely. so that's why, that's why I was fascinated with your topic because I, right now nurses are so burnt out. The average nurse right now who graduates school only lasts three years and they're quitting because they're so burnt out. That's how crazy it is, dude. I've been a nurse wow. going on 30 years now. So I have my own, and I don't have proof of this. There's no evidence. I think that most nurses come from some kind of fucked up background. And so they've been hurt so much that they use that trauma to help other people to make themselves feel better. Mm, My mom died. Yeah. My mom died probably, I want to say six or seven years ago. Now she had a massive stroke and she was pretty much in a vegetative state. And my, her husband and my brother wouldn't let her go. This was in the hospital in Texas and Irving. And I said, that's not our mother anymore. That's just a shell of a person. So like mm-hmm. they wanted to transfer her to another facility and do all this. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. I mean, and they looked at me like I was heartless and emotion, you know, emotionless, but I'm not, I love my mother. I mean, you know, right. we didn't have the greatest relationship, but I still loved her. So, but I didn't cry when my mother died. Just so you know, I didn't cry. I still haven't cried today since my mother died. Is that bad of me? You know, I, I left that part out in my story. When I saw my mom pass away, I didn't cry either. Up until I had that memory, I saw myself finally cry over my mom. Well, we have a lot of bad memories, my mother and I. My mother, I grew up, no joke, I mean, a lot of people don't believe this. I feel like, and I, I can't label this, but I'm just short sharing my feelings and my viewpoint from my life. I felt like I grew up in a cult uh, mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Because in Texas, I don't give you. You're in the same kind of area, Texas, Louisiana. They got a lot of Southern Baptist people that go there and they go to church freaking seven days a week and they beat you to read the Bible. Like I got beat till I was black and blue and bleeding to memorize the Bible. And so I was, you know, I'm not a very religious person, but I am spiritual, but I'm not religious. But, you know, I I have trauma, but I don't, like you said, that quote that you said earlier, I I think it was your first quote. I just took whatever I learned as a child, whether it was good or bad, and I turned it into a positive. I didn't let it hold me down. I didn't cry what was me. I just used it to build my strength. I don't know how I did it. I just fucking did it. Right. I'm not perfect by any means, so, but I like that. So the inspiration behind your career is 
introducing empathy prescription, your path to reducing and reversing burnout. So that stems from your mom, the trauma and the pain that you felt, you know, seeing that your mom, but that's a big, heavy thing for your, I don't know why he did it. Maybe he was hurting too. Why did your dad ask you, a 17 year old to pull the plug? Mm. I know that may be some personal and you don't have to share if you want, but I'm no. just, it's a big, heavy thing to ask somebody and that kind of fucks yeah. you up too, probably so. Very good question. Cause no one's ever asked me that. And I don't know what it was for him. Maybe he just he just froze and didn't want to do it. That's a question I never asked him, and I might actually ask him. Uh, Maybe he was his trauma as a kid, you know, kid or something that happened to him that he didn't know how to yeah. to deal with. Now he's stuck. Uh, you were seventeen. You have brothers and sisters. Yeah, I had one brother with me, and my older yep. brother was in the army. Oh yeah, see, that's good. I love your brother. You, I was in the army too for twelve years, so. <laughs> I so uh, maybe he's being stuck, Not I don't, maybe not the word stuck, but I don't know how to say it, but maybe being stuck with three kids now, being alone, you know, because like my wife, she's the rock of our family. I tell her if she dies, my fucking kids are fucked, man, because, you know, I'm just being honest. Dads aren't like, not all dads, but most dads I think aren't, you know, they don't have that nurturing of, effect mm -hmm. about them. They don't know what to do. Moms, my wife drives my kids everywhere, you know, and I, I told my kids, if your mama dies, we're not doing these activities and shit. So, <laughs> well, that makes sense because my dad he uh, he didn't really know what to do after my mom passed. Right. See, we so. just ended up moving around everywhere and just ended up homeless and all that. So he felt lo he, he felt lost. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I would too. I would too. And then that takes a toll on you. It did. Yeah. So, can you elaborate on the concept of the empathy prescription and what makes it a potential solution for combating burnout? Well, the biggest thing that I started to notice is our mind can't tell the difference between the future and our imagination and our past. Wait, say that so one more time. Our mind can't tell the difference between our future. It's just our imagination and our past. It's just our memories. So anytime we hold an image in our head, we're going to feel the feelings in our body. So trigger comes up, memory comes up. We're thinking about our past. We feel it in our body. Same thing as the future outcome. We feel it in our body. So everything is happening right now. So if a nurse comes home and shares that story of what's been going on at the hospital, all the stress, they never clocked out. Right. And if they never clocked out, they're still feeling the emotions in their body. So if the emotions are still being felt in the body and they're not regulating it, emotions are energy in motion. And if you're not feeling your emotions, it's going to be stuck somewhere in your body. And when it's stuck somewhere in your body, like it's stress or if it's fear or anxiety and all that, there's a hat or... This might be a little advanced, but it has a, a vibrational pattern. No, each no, emotion I, like, I believe that. Yeah, I believe yeah, in vibration. Each, amazing. Each emotion yeah. has a vibrational pattern. So if there's a vibrational pattern of anxiety, it's going to go from at ease to dis-ease. Right. And the longer it stays there, the more you're going to have these heart palpitation or the more you're going to have these digestive issues. So if you don't regulate your feelings as far as energy and motion, what I have my nurses do is I have them place their hand where they feel it at in their body, and I just have them hold space for it. Not a lot of nurses have time to hold space for it in the hospital, so when right. they get home, they have some time. So I have them hold, hold their hand wherever they feel it at in their body, and, and I have them express, I give myself permission to feel my feelings, and it's okay. Feelings will show up specific areas in the body, so if your chest gets tight, that's where fear and anxiety shows up. So I give myself permission to feel my fear and anxiety over whatever just happened and it's okay. And I choose to love my fear into my faith and my courage. And what that does is it transmutes into faith and courage and it releases that energy there. It'll either just 
be released or transferred somewhere in the body. Like if it's here, sorrow, sadness, and grief, they express that. And if it's gone, then you're good. Or if it just stays the same, it changes that vibrational pattern from fear and anxiety into love. And love is a powerful vibration that right. starts to restore balance and harmony in the body. So when they have these identifications where their feelings show up in their body, it makes it easier for them to know what they're actually feeling because they become desensitized to everything that's going on in the hospital. Where now that's what I was going to ask you is, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's going to ask you because nurses are sometimes hardened. We don't yeah. want to feel emotions because we see it every day and shit. And we, we always stay busy. We're always moving. We won't take time. You said it. You, you felt this voice that said, keep still. But mm -hmm. nurses don't know how to fucking keep still. They yeah. go to work out to the gym to release their stress, which is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it doesn't always fix everything. It's just a, just a temporary fix. Yeah. And so how uh, do you fix that? And I do believe in vibration. I believe the brain is more powerful than we know. And I believe we can heal ourselves where everything around us is energy. We're just, people don't believe it because they can't see it, but I definitely right. believe it. Yeah, I know I it and feel it in my bones. So right. that's why I'm a cook. <laughs> I, am, I saw man. that on your TikTok yeah. too. Yeah. Um, everything is energy, and it, it is. is. Everything's energy, and if anyone wants that confirmation, there you'll start to realize when you feel your feelings, you're gonna feel the energy moving your body. That's energy in motion. So the nurses that are feeling numb and desensitized from the feelings, the first thing I allow them to do is number one. First is feelings buried alive never die. One more time, say it again. Feelings buried alive never die. Feelings buried alive never die. I like Absolutely. that. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, steal it. And All it's right. powerful because if we just walk away from those feelings, it's going to hurt our body somewhere. It has to manifest somewhere in your body or in our reality. So the first step that I always have them do is I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. And most nurses will be resistant. You'll see the body language like, I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. The body's like, nope. I haven't done right. it in years. I don't believe that. you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so now we can use conscious language to say, I, I surrender into feeling my resistance, into feeling my feelings, and it's okay. And then you'll see them take this breath, like, like this breath of relief. Most nurses have a lot of tension, tightness in their shoulders, the necks, in their yes. chest, because there's a lot of, I should have done that. I should have done that for my patients. I should have done right. that for my family. Shoulders should. And the neck is like, I know what to do, but I'm not doing it for myself. So there's a lot of tension in necks, a lot of tension in the shoulders and fear and anxiety there. So I give myself permission to feel my feelings and it's okay. And what that does is it finally allows them to feel. And those that haven't been feeling sometimes they sometimes they judge themselves for not feeling. So now that I I'm gonna tell them to say, I forgive how how I haven't been feeling. And it just touches base with their past versions of themselves that seen a lot of things in their past where they can start transmuting that and start over in their body so that their body can start transmuting and restoring balance and harmony. Because if feelings buried alive never die, there's going to be some sort of dis-ease that manifests somewhere in their body. Right. And a lot of this is said in the book, The Body Keeps a Score. And I forgot who the author is right there, but he shares how a lot of things happen psychosomatically. Right, right. Everything starts from that thought. You create an image in your head, and then the emotions come up, puts you into action, and then that's when you get the results in your life. But if you're coming from a place of stress all the time, your body's thinking that it's running away from a tiger all the time, so then your cortisol levels go up. And that's why we're always down. bad. That's why nurses are heavy set sometimes, especially night nurses, because we have a lot of stress and our cortisol level goes up. Don't be mad yeah. at me, ladies. You know it's fucking true. I'm <laughs> fat, too. 
the one that you said the body keeps the score is from Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Bessel Van Der yes. Koch. He's an MD. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah check that good. book out. Yeah, because it's, it's very powerful knowing the psychosomatic things that go on. And just to answer your question, so when they start to regulate their feelings and hold space for it, it gives that energy somewhere to go instead of in their body. And whenever we're stressed, we can just imagine as if my, our nervous system are running away from the tiger. We don't need our digestive system to run away from the tiger. We don't need our immune system to run away from the tiger. So that starts to shut down whenever you're stressed all the time, and it's going to continue causing disharmony in your body. Right. So when you're regulating those feelings, then you go into rest and digest, and you start to actually rejuvenate before your next shift, helping you reduce and reverse burnout because you're not always stressing your body anymore. So that's how well, you don't treat your patient like shit and be an asshole to each other. Exactly. Because yeah, it does. We do that too. So since you just hit on that, can you share some insights into the current state of our profession as nursing and, and burnout and how severe is the problem and who is the most affected, do you think? Do you know the different areas of, of nursing? Because I can tell you in my 30 years of nursing, no joke, I don't know if you know what a debriefing is. Have you ever heard of that term, debriefing? Is that at the end? So it's, it, so so when we have like a code, you know what a code blue is? Somebody dies and we code them and try to bring them back to life. Yeah. So we're supposed to take five, 10 minutes at the end of each code to say, Aaron, you know, how did that code make you feel? You know, how do you mm -hmm. feel it when? But we never do that. We never talk about our feelings. We just, oh, we don't have time. We got to get back to work. But we're supposed to have a debriefing every time, but we don't. And I don't know why we don't take it. I don't know if it's a management issue. I don't know if management even gives a shit that the nurses are burnt out. You know what I mean? That's the hard part. But so, so my question was, can you share some insights into our current state of, of, of our profession as nurses? How severe is the problem and who do you think is most effective? Yeah, I mean, every time I turn the news <laughs> on, when I, I don't really watch news, but every time I turn the news on, right. it's always about <laughs> nurse burnout. And I'm like, then I keep having this fiery passion to share this new technique that I'm trying to bring into the hospitals. Uh, lately, I've been working with a lot of hospice nurses, a lot of psych nurses, oh, yeah. travel RNs, and you should I go to ER. And eventually, ER. I'm going to go to ER and yeah. respiratory therapist, and I'm going to open it up to all disciplines because what I'm starting to see the pattern is that most of them just don't have time to feel their feelings and right. they become so numb to it all that they don't know where to start anymore. Right. So I tell nurses I we, yeah, I tell nurses we have a lot of PTSD. They just don't realize. Yeah. You know what I mean? So absolutely. And then now they have these new reactions to these new triggers that come up. They don't know where it's coming from. So I believe that it's affecting all disciplines in all, as far as all the healthcare professionals where if everything starts and ends with a feeling and most of the feelings that are being felt that are not being felt is stress, it's going to cause the healthcare system to continue going downhill. And my whole goal for this is to be able to shift the healthcare paradigm from where it's at right now. Covertly. Like that. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't know if you know, but the podcast and the, in the format I started is called transformation nurse Academy. Yeah. Cause I want to transfer, I want to transform nursing. Cause we, we're stuck in this rut right now and we don't know how to get out of it. And we don't know how to help ourselves. And I think Absolutely. a lot of it has to do with burnout. So I'm going to challenge you. I think that you should start with men in nursing first, because if you can mm -hmm. get men to feel their emotions and, and buy into this, how we can change our thought process 
maybe we can help lead to show that it's okay. Cause you know, women say they're emotional and they use their emotions, but I don't know. I don't always see it. I see them beat each other up. A lot of female nurses just beat each other up. They talk shit about each other. They I do. can say that cause I've been a nurse. So I don't know if you know anything about nursing, but they talk shit about each other. So. They do so, talk shit about each other. And I'm saying right, that because I had a nurse that kept kept telling me, like, I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with my my colleagues, but they just keep talking shit about me. They do, though. <laughs> it's true, though. So can you discuss how empathy can benefit not just individuals, but a workplace as a whole? You know, talk about, since you talked about organization, how can your program, how can reducing burnout, how can teaching empathy? Because I tell nurses there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how do you, how can we help each other? How can we benefit from this? Yeah, I had a, a nurse ask me about empathy and most nurses I feel go in based off of what you said in the beginning as well, because they've been through a lot of things and now they're trying to help from that trauma that they've been through. They can actually feel other people's emotions and they can feel their emotions as well. So they're very empathetic. So I had a nurse ask me what, knowing that we might be feeling other people's feelings in ourselves, What's the difference between holding space and absorbing whenever holding space and absorbing? All right. Keep going. Correct. So imagine nurses in the hospital and at the end of her shift, she is feeling drained. What I'm saying is when she's feeling drained after they're absorbing a lot of that energy and not holding space for it because absorbing is just, they're allowing the energy to take over their body and then just all that stress. However, when you start to practice emotional regulation, you work that emotional muscle where you can start becoming desensitized to even fear and anxiety in a way where it doesn't affect you as much. Because the more you familiarize with those negative emotions, the easier it is to control them. So when next time you go into your shift, you're actually able to hold space. And you can imagine it as if you have this huge love bubble. The more you do that self-care, the larger that love bubble becomes. The less you do the smaller it becomes. And then when it's small, you're walking into other people's bubbles of fear and anxiety. But when it's big, it can affect you. They start to come into your bubble and they start to be healed as a byproduct of you having so much self-love. And you just have this, like, you're able to hold much more space. Because I tell people, they always ask me, how come I'm always fucking smiling? Because, you know, I'm like, why not? Why not be happy and shit? Like, why are you going to be all sourpuss? That's going to affect your job. It's going to affect your life. yeah. And they could feel that. They felt that coming from you, and they made them question that because why am I always like grinning? Why can't I be happy like him? Because when be. we're on, yeah, you can. <laughs> and when you're authentic, two things that can happen: number one, someone's going to see you as a threat, and number two, someone's going to see you as hope a, a because coop. they're able. Some, some people see me as a coop, though. Coop. That's funny. So with, with empathy, all right, knowing the difference between holding space and absorbing. Holding space is to be able to take care of yourself when you go home and doing the things that you love to do that you haven't done in a long time. And that's going to create that bandwidth of how much space you can hold for yourself and colleagues and your patients. If you stop doing the things you love to do, it's going to cause you to feel more stressed out every time you go to work and you're going to be feeling more drained when you go back home. So you need this regimen in a way where you can go back to your shift and be able to hold space and an empathy the more you hold space for yourself, the more self-love you have for yourself, the more that you can feel what other people are feeling. Then you're right. coming from a more of a compassionate state versus more of a, I need to get this done and right. go into the next More, more like a task. Yeah. yeah. I don't see yes. it as a task. I try to be empathized, you know, because we see, we see the worst of the worst in society in the emergency department. But 
I just see them as people because they're just people. They lost their way somehow. What's the difference between a homeless person and Kevin? The homeless person doesn't have a home yet. Right, but they maybe they took a path that brought them to that event in their life. I could have done the same thing. I don't know. Maybe the universe shown faith and, and love on me. I don't know. Maybe I made a better choice, but I could have been that same person. I could have been a homeless, yeah. a drug addict. I mean, I've been addicted to things my whole life. So, I mean, there's, I always tell people the difference between me and the prisoner is they got caught. We're all oh, the wow. same people. You know, we're all the same people and shit. So, I mean, so why not treat people like people instead of being an asshole to them? They're, they're not doing it to hurt you. They're just there maybe to get attention. They need love. They need, you know. So it's hard, though. That I don't know why people don't get that. It's powerful. And there's another quote that comes up is that, People are doing the best they can with what they know. Right. That's exactly right. There's no rule book when we're born. So there's sometimes you get fucked up parents who don't know how to be parents, make you kind of a fucked up person, and you're just trying to manage your way through life. And if you make it good, if you don't, you're going to be a terrible parent too, and you'll pass that shit on to your kids. And yes. somebody's got to break the damn cycle. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, we're all in the same boat. We just don't realize it. So what are some practical steps individuals and companies can take to cultivate empathy within themselves and reduce burnout? One of the big ones I asked and started doing that's a big research one, huh? on. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Very powerful. I love your questions. Thanks, man. One of the big ones someone asked me, or actually I asked them, someone and I did some research on it was, are there any type of programs like Empathy Rx inside the hospital where- No, I can tell you that already. No, yeah. the answer's fucking no. So that's that's a big one then because if they don't practice this, what I've been doing now is hosting workshops in these hospitals. And now they're starting to see how powerful this is because I asked for the feedback after about three months, six months. The feedback that I've been getting is there's been less burnout, less stress. That they can actually feel the less stress inside each shift. So being able to practice these techniques, just so simple, where you can just identify where you feel it at in their body. And I give a diagram for them. So if they feel tightness in their throat, chest, stomach, and back, I know exactly, or they now know exactly what to say to be able to transmute that and just regulate that. Because if it's been a long time since you haven't felt your feelings, you don't know what the hell you're feeling. So you can use your body as a, your body is like the dashboard in the car, letting you know what's going on underneath the hood. What light turns on where you know where to go to look for that issue. Yes. Yeah, All absolutely. Right, you. So All if right. you have tightness in your throat, they can say, I give myself permission to feel my sorrow or my sadness or my grief about blah, 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 and it's okay. And then tightness in the chest, fear, anxiety, tightness in the stomach, fear and anxiety, or below the stomach is where grief shows up. A lot of shoulder tension in the back I have areas. pain always in my right shoulder, right around my shoulder blades where mine always hurt. Always. Like always I got hurts. a knot back there, always back there. That makes sense because there's a lot of, especially like if you split your body in half, left side is feminine, receiving side, right side is masculine, doing side. So in, depending on where it shows up in the body, you can identify it's on the right on side. On the right shoulder. It's probably like, yeah. I should have done this, or they should have done this, that a masculine figure should have done this, or I'm holding someone's burdens, and I'm not feeling supported. So they can identify what they're feeling as far as, as if, if it's burdens, uh, resentment, frustrations, and anger, and it mainly shows up in the back area. Right. And with body language, it's... Anytime a resident, someone's head would nod like this. When it's you see, my head's always nodding well. like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of resentments. So you said it's, you know, resentments, people haven't done things. 
the first thing you said when it came to my mind was I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah. Cause you know, yes. as a guy, we feel responsible. We feel responsible for our wife, for our kids. We own a business, so we're responsible for our staff here. We feel responsible for our patients. And it's hard just sometimes to let go of that feeling of responsibility. And, you know, it weighs on you. And it Absolutely. can cause burnout and stuff. One of the biggest, easiest ones to say that a lot of them love is, I release my burdens and I receive my blessings. One more time. Say it again. I release my burdens and I receive my blessings. I release my burdens and I receive, and I receive my blessings. My blessings. Yes. Right. So don't forget that, Jane. I release my burdens and I receive my blessings. Beautiful. Yes. Right. And you'll just good. keep like saying that. that. And then you'll just keep feeling the return of blessings go back. Your shoulders going to start relaxing. So this is like, this is process that I take them through that I'm starting to add into the healthcare system and a course that I created as well. So they can understand the mind body connection. Cause you know, we like to see the scientifics behind it as well. So I give them the scientifics behind the mind and body connection, and then they can use those regulation techniques to be able to regulate it. And they do that practice every day. And in this type of work, it doesn't take time. It takes courage. Right. You have to actually have that courage to feel those negative feelings that you've been avoiding for a while and then right. start feeling it. And that's the problem. I think a lot of nurses, healthcare workers don't want to face those emotions and feelings because, you know, we're, we're strong and we're tough, but we can use it for our patients as well. So, and we can change the culture of our, of our oh, facility, yes. of our organization. So can you share, as an expert, how do you go about introducing and fostering empathy within a professional setting? So you said you hold these workshops. How would our organizations or nurses, because I do believe in holistic nursing, not that what you're doing is holistic, but it's holistic and scientific, both. People may not believe it, but the mind is a very powerful thing. We don't study it very well, but it is. So how do we get your programs into these facilities? How can we help? Powerful. Love your questions, man. Yeah. So what I've been doing is just making some powerful connections. And these are great ways to make connections. So the workshops and people like you that are able to have the audience to share this with as well. And next month, I'll actually be going on the local news talking about it because I got so oh, pissed off nice. about how much nurse burnout is a challenge right now. And I'm like, okay, I need to get on the damn news. So that's going to help. So I want to reflect back that question to your audience and you as well from knowing some of the things that I shared with you today, what do you think based off of your background, your experience for the past 30 years, you said, how would you think is the best way to continue adding and trying to bring this into the organization? So my next question was going to be, does your workshops have to be in person? Can it be live via zoom? How do the workshop work? Cause you know, it's hard cause you're in new Orleans, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you're willing to travel, but. Me, I'm just kind of a bully. I just go to the administration and say, listen, I need to get Aaron in here. We want to do this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, what's I the do. worst thing they're going to say? What's the worst yeah. thing they're going to say? They say no, but if they say no, I'm going to keep trying to find a way to get you out there and get these kind of programs in to help facilitate. Because I am about change. I'm no joke. I am about changing nursing and healthcare in general. Because our healthcare system sucks ass. And we're all suffering because of it. So I'm really mm -hmm. passionate about making a difference. So I, I don't know if you have to do it in person. Can it be done via Zoom? Can you, you know, like, can we do like a Zoom class or meeting, you know, a webinar where you're live and you're talking to these different nurses and maybe we can invite some of the administrators and the hospital big wigs to come and see what you're offering. Yeah, I do because, a lot you know, of the, the problem is, I don't know if you know about hospital structure, but the people that are above, 
most of them don't have any healthcare knowledge at all. They're just business people. Yeah. Healthcare is a business and they just want to fucking make money. They're yeah. not in it to save patients. They they can be mad at me all they want, but they're just in it to make money. If they save yeah. patients, good, but that's not their main goal and shit. And that's the conflict between nursing and administration. So that's why I yeah. say the big wigs, because, you know, you got to get them to buy in because we're going to ask them to spend their money helping us as nurses. Absolutely. And I do do a lot of Zoom workshops. So I have been doing that. I did it for three months ago. I did it for the VA hospital over here on Zoom. For some reason, they kind of have it in person. And I did talk about this to somebody and they said there's two things to get them on board because it is all about money for them. Is number right. one, especially with travel nurses, if we implement this here and I'm investing in these travel nurses and they go, then there's no reason why we should do that because then I'm wasting money. And the number two is with the results that I get a lot, it's not where patients have to keep coming back. It's a one and done thing. So I understand when you say that it's a business model because a business model, they want, you know, reoccurring subscription coming in. Right. Well, fortunately, unfortunately for them, with the type of work that I do, patients don't have to keep coming back to get subscribed to these medications because their balance or restoring balance and harmony back into their body from the nurse feeling heard, love and seen, they're going to start feeling heard, love and seen more empowered to feel their emotions. Cause a lot of our emotions create a lot of things in our body that's causing that dis-ease. Right. Right. And then, so that's how the whole, but maybe if we can help heal the nurses, the nurses can learn these techniques and help heal your patients. Yes, absolutely. So would you that's... be opposed to us maybe like creating a zoom presentation? I don't know what word you use presentation or class that, Maybe I can get a group of nurses together and we can start there. Yeah, not opposed at all. Yeah. And I have yeah. I have the PowerPoints and all that for Zoom yeah. already too. So yeah. All right, that's good. So on your website you mentioned because I did my homework too. On your website you mentioned the importance of master emotional regulation for nurses. I don't know if I know how to master my emotions because I'm <laughs> I'm an emotional guy and I just say what the fuck I want to say and sometimes it gets me in trouble. So so let me ask this again. So on your website, you mentioned the importance of master emotional regulation for nurses. Can you explain what emotional regulation is and why it is significant for nurses? Yeah, what emotional regulation is, is just the simplicity of identifying where feelings show up in your body and then using techniques to regulate those emotions. Or in other words, transmute those emotions because emotions, energy, and motion. And what was that question again? Sorry. <laughs> no, so I said, can you explain what emotional regulation is and why is it significant for nurses? So what is it going to do for me as a nurse when I learn to regulate my emotions? How's so, it going to help yeah. me? How's it going to help my patients? Will it help my family life? So yeah, with emotional regulation, being able to identify and regulate in it and how that's going to help you is each shift that you go back into, you're not going to be coming from a place of stress. You're going to be coming from, from a place of more calm. You'll be able to think better. You'll be able to feel more energized and make faster and better decisions where you're not going to feel burnt out anymore. And when you start to continually doing that, you're not going to feel so heavy. You're not going to feel so angry. Yes, angry. I and you're jaded. Jaded. Yeah, jaded. A is lot a good of nurses one. are jaded. Lots of them. And when you're going to actually start sleeping better too. So oh, remember, yeah. when you regulate your feelings, you're going back into rest and digest more melatonin is going to start coming back on and you're going to sleep better as well. So sleep has been the biggest one for a lot of nurses that well, I've obviously I, seen. I didn't, I didn't bring you on this for this, but just no joke. This is why I believe in energy and this is why I believe in, in karma. 
I just wrote two books. They're not big books. They're like 60 pages long. One is called From Chaos to Calm, and the other one is The Insomniac. Insomniac. <laughs> um, I gotta hit. I gotta read those books. It's right good. There. It's nice though. They're just little yeah. like little self help books and stuff. You know, maybe I just, you know, I'll send them to you so you can kind of review them and give me feedback and stuff because it it goes with what you're teaching. It goes with how yeah. we can sleep better, feel better. You know, get rid of those negative emotions so we're not so jaded. And, yeah, yeah, and, like and that. that's what it. That's what it all is. It's the yeah. tap back into your emotions. You tap back into your emotions. You're gonna maybe feel we're scared. More- Scared is a big one. Scared yeah, maybe is a we're, big one. No, but maybe we're scared to tap into our emotions because maybe we're scared to find out what we're going to find. Yeah, and beyond that is connection to yourself. What you're going to find we, through maybe all Maybe we're scared to find out who we really are. You know what I mean? Crazy. Maybe, people, maybe people are scared to find out who they really are. But often what they'll find is that... Not a nice person? If, <laughs> <laughs> most people, they have these goals, these future goals, and these future goals are, you know... A better version of themselves and when they're trying to attain that those future goals and that version of themselves in the future has the same attributes as that version that they're about to remember which is joy innocence and love right and that's what they're tapping back into because each time you see that version of yourself in the past that you've been avoiding from for so long you get to touch love to them and each time you do that you go back to that version of yourself before your first memory Right, right. Bringing you back into joy, bringing you back into connection. Since a lot of feelings haven't been felt, some nurses don't even know who they are anymore. Right. Of course they are. That's why I have, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but there was a company called Toys R Us. I do and remember. They used, to have this, they used to have this jingle or the song on the commercial, I'm a Toys R Us kid. I don't want to grow up. You know, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. So to me, I think being like kid-like, because kids are happy, they're playful, they're you know, they're in touch with their emotions and stuff, and we let that go. And mm. I think that's where, as Absolutely. adults, we kind of fuck shit up by letting that childlike emotion attachment, you know, if we let it go, we become too serious, and, and we carry the weight of the world, and so yeah. I got you. I like that. All right, yeah. so last question, because, you know, we're getting close to time, and Jane's going to yell at me. I'm, a couple of them I'm going to skip, because I know that you're going to teach us in the class that we can get set up with you, but my last question is, how do you believe emotional regulation can impact the quality of patient care and the overall functioning of our healthcare system? How do you believe emotional regulation can impact the quality of patient care and the overall functioning of our healthcare system? Beautiful last question. question. Yeah, beautiful last question. Probably midway of the conversation here, I shared with you that my goal is to shift the healthcare paradigm. Right. And I've started to realize from studying emotions that everything starts and ends with a feeling. And if everything starts and ends with a feeling, when these nurses start to feel more heard, seen, and loved, they're able to hold more space for their patients. And holding more space for their patients empowers their patients to start feeling their feelings too from a place of love and compassion. So for example, this is very sacred stuff here because I'm doing this very covertly and I'm I'm guessing now it's overtly since I'm sharing this with you. Is that No, it's good, it's good. To shift the healthcare paradigm covertly, as I'm teaching these nurses and I'm, I'm sharing this awareness, let's say a nurse was angry all the time and was very reactive. A patient is angry at that patient, or the patient is angry at the nurse, and the nurse has a background of their dad or yelling at them. So they become reactive in a way. Obviously, they're not going to be disrespectful for the patient, but they're going to become reactive. And that reaction will keep causing that same 
same outcome in life where if she's angry back at that patient, that patient's going to go out into the world and be angry at somebody else. However, right. when the nurse starts to feel more heard, loved, and seen, they go back into the shift. They have a patient that's yelling at them. They no longer have that same reaction as they did in the past. Now they have responsibility, which is the ability to respond in a new way. So now she touches love with anger. Anger is now touched with love, turns into love, which is the patient. The patient now starts loving everybody that they see. So the patient, if that patient gets somebody yelling at them, they touch them with love. And it causes that butterfly effect. So each nurse that has that new ability to respond in different ways is going to shift. It has to by right. cause and effect. And it shifts the healthcare paradigm in a way where it causes that butterfly effect. So each person is being touched with love. And love and authenticity is the most powerful force in this world. Yeah. So now we're bringing more empowerment back by feeling these feelings and feeling more heard, love, and seen where each person is being touched with love. And it shifts the healthcare paradigm. And put this in more simple words is that if you react to the same situation as you did last year, you're going to get the same results this year. That's called if insanity. Yes. And if you respond a new way than you did last year, you're going to get new results this year. That's called and success. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so you're going to have I, these new outcomes. I know you won't believe this and shit, but you can go look on our website. It's right outside. I know you can't see it, but my window is right here outside. I created a slogan. I teach classes on how to, you remember what we talked about, a code, code blue. Code That's blue. what I do. We teach classes on how to run codes and stuff. My motto is learn to respond to a code, not react. Oh, that's powerful. That's our motto, see, because, you know, if you respond, you're able to hold on to your emotions. You're able to think clearly, respectfully. But if you react, you're just going to cause more trauma and stress. And people are going to react as well. Just like you said, it's going to, it's not going to make a difference. It's going to make shit worse. So yeah. I get that. Yeah. I like that. Wrap it up to anything you want to tell us about you. Where do we go? What do you want us to know about you? What can we do for you? How can we get your word out? And yeah, I know it's not going to be the last time we'll see you again, I hope, because I want to get this. I'd like to get a class up in a webinar. So between Amazing. the two of us, you know, we got a nice size following. So there's got to be ways we can get these classes online and get you out. And because I know a lot of nurses want this. Yeah. Nurses Amazing. are tired and they need somebody to teach them to feel loved, heard, and seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, it's going to reignite their passion. Well, there's two things that I found that happens real quick is, number one, they're either going to leave bedside to do and teach nurses the same thing to help them feel love and heard seen, or it's just going to enhance their career and stay within bedside. Yeah. And we need both. So, so if we do get people to come to you and they see that it works and they feel that it works and they know that it works, are you going to train them on how to keep doing the same thing? Is that what you do too? Yeah, because I'm I'm sort of yeah, courses um, to teach them and and certify them to be a I don't know what the correct terminology is like a empathy coach I don't know what you call it so not yeah, a life emotional coach, resonance what, now. what is it called emotional resonance emotional resonance all right yeah and so like um, an emotional practitioner yes yeah, emotional like practitioner that. yeah and I am making a certification course because after these nurses were done they were like I want to learn your process. And there's a lot of little nuances in there. So I created a course for nurses, an introductory course, but it's pretty advanced too, where they can learn how to regulate their emotions. So that's number one, they can find a way to get access to that course and the links that you have. I'll give that to you. I don't think I gave you that one. Yeah, just email and I'll have Jane put it on the, in the, on the podcast notes and stuff and we'll post it on our Facebook page and stuff and TikTok and all that, yeah. Perfect. And the second one is what you mentioned is 
If you know somebody or if you have the connection to that person that does these wellness coordinators inside the hospitals, oh, yeah. you can get them in connection with me and then we can start providing more workshops. So all you Yahoo's out there that I work with and know me, if you know the wellness coordinators in all the, our facilities here in the local valley and stuff, shout out their name and email and stuff and we'll contact them. Yeah, I like that. All right, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time. I hope this was good for you. I liked it. This is good, forget, very yeah, good. Don't forget to eat some boudin too. You got to get that boudin. <laughs> I know, but it's good, boudin. man. I love it. Like it, I love it. Like you can't get it around here. Like you literally have to buy it from New Orleans and have it shipped with dry ice to eat it because you can't really get it here. So I yeah, love that stuff. I, Try it. I wrote man. it down. Yeah, I wrote it down. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. I don't. I don't know if I'm spelling right, but it's B O U D A N. I think boudin. Boudin. I don't know if I'm spelling it right, but it's good. You'll like it, man. I feel like it was in some gumbo sometimes, so maybe I they didn't may, eat it. They but... may cut it up, but try to eat it just by itself with some dirty rice. You'll like that good. I don't know if Ooh, you ever eat yeah. dirty rice, but... That sounds bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you, man. Anything else you want to let people know before we go? I think that was that was the last yeah. one. Um, just having that courage, and I invite you and give you permission to start feeling your feelings today so that way you don't have to feel it years down the road. I, trust me, I need it too. Cause I went through a time of where I had anxiety really bad and you know, it's embarrassing, especially as a man, we don't want to share those feelings about mm -hmm. it, but I've been sharing them now. Cause I want people to know that it's okay that you have those feelings. That's why I like what you're teaching and I believe in it. I believe in the energy. So I'm on a hundred percent. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for sharing Thank with you, us. And I'll, I'll let you know when the podcast drops and we'll stay in touch to get classes up and running, man. Awesome. Sounds yes. good. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, sir. You too, man. Have a good day, man. Thank you. Sure. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Don't miss out. Engage with us weekly. Share your thoughts. And let's transform the nursing landscape together.